You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. I'm Mella, and you're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle. Our guest today was born in Brooklyn, New York, and is a Latin American with a background from Puerto Rico, Mexico, and Cuba. Jennifer Alamani is an author and spiritualist and has practiced meditation for over 10 years. After losing the love of her life two years ago, she began to transform her life through this loss, and her first book, Mark My Love, was born. She speaks openly about a grieving process and being okay with not being okay sometimes. In her memoir, she explores love, loss, and looking at life differently. Jennifer has come on the podcast today to have a conversation about grief and loss and the transformation that could come with it. Welcome, Jennifer. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I think conversations around death grief and loss are so important and they're the conversations that people least like to have it seems and i teach a class on death and dying and one thing i talk about is how separated we are in the modern world from death and how even the conversation around death makes it feel like dying is a failure and i am so convinced that society's views on pretending death doesn't exist contribute to the immense heartache people feel when it does happen So it is such a blessing to have you here today to talk about your own story through the process of grief and loss. So what was going through your mind when you began writing about it? Was it always meant to be published or was it more of a healing process through journaling? Yeah, it was more of a healing process through journaling. I want to say it was about two months after Roger had passed away Mm. that I started to, I went out by the pool. It was summertime and my building had a pool. I went out there and I started to just write. But then I started writing very quickly and I realized it was a little bit more than myself. I've always been connected spiritually and I was writing faster than I normally would have. Mm. You know, and I'll be honest, I was crying the entire time I was writing this. Wow. And that's why it it was cathartic for me because I was getting stuff out. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just about my boyfriend who had passed away. I realized that my mom who had passed away 13 years ago, I hadn't fully grieved her, I realized, when this loss had hit me. So it was really about both of those losses in in one book. Yeah, absolutely. I tied it all together because it came together that way, to be honest with you. Like I said, I, I know I was intuitively writing at that point. I knew it was meant to be tied together. Even though she had passed away 13 years ago, I didn't listen to anyone outside of me And I didn't really talk about that I was writing a book to anyone. I kept Mm -hmm. it to myself. But there was one person that I remember who was in the publishing world who did say to me that I wouldn't be able to hold the reader because it was a long period of time, you know, 13 years ago and then today. But I knew in my gut it wasn't about that. It wasn't about a timeline. It was about a new relationship that these people had passed on. And I realized even more with the second loss that they are around me. And it was another level of spirituality for me also. So talk to us about your grieving process. Did it follow at all the stages of grief that counselors and psychiatrists talk about? I want to say it followed some of them, but it definitely didn't. It never follows 
the exact way, right? If, mm -hmm. if they number it a certain way, it never happens that way. But I want to say each loss that I had that I discussed, it was different. I think with my mom, I was very angry. I was angry at that point. I, I wasn't grown spiritually at that point, right? I, I looked at her death as an ending. It was a complete ending for me. Mm -hmm. I lost something. That's how I think I looked at it. And when Roger passed, I think I looked at it. I was upset, obviously. I just wasn't as yeah. angered because I was in a different place in my life. It was more of, oh, wow. It was just more of a shock of it. Like, oh, wow, he's, he's gone. But I knew it was also a different relationship. You know, I felt him around me very quickly. And did you ever get into that kind of depressed state that a lot of people get into? Immediately when he passed, I, I want to say the first few days in, I was definitely in that space. Mm. It would be hard to say. I, I think everyone has to go into that space. I think it, it's hard not to. So I was there. It just wasn't long. I knew there was some force that I felt it pulling me up saying, get out of bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it sounds like your spirituality and maybe even your meditation practice helped you through this process? Definitely, because... I found yoga and meditation a year after my mom had passed because mm. I was so lost and I felt like I needed something and I had found that. And then that just evolved over the years. So I know that this last time around, when he passed away, it helped me. I went to a yoga retreat, I want to say it was probably two weeks after he had passed away. And that wasn't something that was planned, obviously. It was something that I had scheduled months and months before any of this went on. Mm. I guess I was meant to be there. And then I think I took my meditation to another level and my spirituality to another level while I was there in meditation and being out in nature and hiking a lot and everything that I was doing while I was there. So it did help me. I definitely find that nature is very soothing. Nature is, to me, non-judgmental, and you can just be out there and it's almost like well, I mean, I'm a witch, so nature is healing to me. Do you find that with yourself? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that I felt like nature was speaking to me more after he had passed away. And I noticed when I was going on hikes, when I was where I was, I felt like he was literally with me. Like I felt like he was walking with me. And I knew that, that was because I was out in nature. Yeah, that's amazing. I am clairvoyant and have psychic gifts and things like that and I see spirits around all the time but I recently had an experience with my future daughter-in-law her father got sick and within a week of finding out that he had cancer they were having to take him off life support and he ended up dying and I was asked to be in there with him with a few other family members as he died and that was the first time I'd actually, I, I had been a volunteer for hospice, but that was the first time I was standing next to someone as they died. And because I think of my psychic gifts, it enabled me to almost see into that spiritual world across that veil. And so the whole idea you were saying that they were walking along with you, I saw that happening. I saw the angels come in over him and it was almost like an energy was released from his body and they gathered it up. And that's the word that I've always felt. They gathered it up. And then I saw him standing behind his daughter with his hand on her shoulder. And I didn't say anything at the time, but later I started talking about it when I was asked about it. 
and she told me exactly what shoulder she could feel it and she told me what shoulder he had been touching and that's exactly where I saw him so I love that you were able to feel that presence as well it was so meaningful to me that happened probably about four weeks ago yeah and, and I realized when things like that happen and I hear stories like this from other folks like you I think it's a blessing but I also wish that the folks that don't believe in all of this would at least open up to it a little bit more because it shows again right I still have a relationship with them even though they're on the other side it's just different now yeah and it's given me such peace in this last breathing process with him because I feel him here more with me and, he, and he's with me I still miss him, obviously, but he's with me. So I'm not looking at that something is gone. It definitely makes a huge difference. And my future daughter-in-law actually told me that just hearing what I told her and feeling that actually did do a lot of healing for her. So that is true. It just was really amazing. What was the hardest aspect of grief for you? The most difficult thing to get past? I want to say the acceptance of it, that they weren't coming back. I think that the folks that I lost, I love them so much. And I, I realized it while they were on the earth with me, but I think I realized it even more so when they were gone. Yeah. And through my own spiritual growth, I realized it more and more that the love that we had was so strong. So I think for me, it was the acceptance of it, I think was the hardest part, that they weren't coming back in that physical form. That day-to-day, having them with you, calling them up, being next to them, that has got to be really hard. And that's the part that's been hard for me with the people that I've lost as well is, you know, you want to go grab the phone and and give them a call and ask them a question. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. It's like I said, when when you're really close and someone passes on, that's hard. My mom, gosh, we used to speak like a couple times a day Mm, at times. Yeah. Roger also, him and I, we found each other. We spoke a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that experience for me again, like, oh, that's gone again. And it was the acceptance of that. That's the hard part. It really annoys me when people say, don't cry or it'll be okay. Everything works out for good. I really don't see a lot of comfort in that because you can't feel that it will be okay in that moment. And I also think that crying is a huge release. So I say cry. I say go rip something up, get a bat and destroy a piece of old furniture. I don't know. Let it out. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'm big on telling people, let it out, whichever, which way. So for me, I was walking a lot. You know, I always would walk, but I started walking like longer distance. So I was walking like three to five miles a day. So I think that was a way for me to release in one way. I like to dance. So I would be having dance parties in my apartment on my own, whatever, and really release things that way. But I want to say moving my body was definitely the route that I took, and it helped. It helped a lot. And that's a great tip for people who may be in a place very raw. There's a lot of death going on right now. Move your body, walk, exercise, swim, dance. Dance is so good because not only is it releasing pent-up energy, but a lot of times the music gives you the boost of all those good chemicals in your body as well. Yeah, and I always look at it like, I love music, I always have. I get fun with the music, right? I'm in every different decade, you know, mm. all over the place. <laughs> That's what makes it fun too. I'm listening to disco all of a sudden, and you know, and it's fun, you know? So I think that helped me a lot, you know? And I wanna say 
my mother and Roger, they were there with me. I would invite them into the dance parties, to be honest with you. Mm. I would flat out say to them, come on, guys, why don't you dance with me? I could feel them around me. Yeah. That gave me a lot of comfort. Here's a spell craft that will help you relieve grief. It is from the Big Book of Practical Spells, Everyday Magic That Works, and it's a spice necklace to relieve grief. You will need cloves, juniper berries, and strong red thread and a sewing needle. And it's said to soak the spices, so soak the cloves, soak the juniper berries overnight to get them nice and soft. And then you're going to use a strong needle and string the spices onto that red thread. And the beading motion is very soothing. And so you may want to just really be mindful of your grief, your desires, and just everything going on in your head as you are stringing these spices onto the red thread. When you've got it long enough to wear it or hang it up, knot it tightly and hang it to air dry. And so in order for the spellcraft to be effective, it says you've got to give the aroma the opportunity to perform its magic. So hang it near your bed at night, or you can even wear it at night when you go to bed so that that fragrance can reach you. And that's a spice necklace to relieve grief. Let's talk about the transformation and what kind of your new normal became. What was the shifting that happened as you were healing from these losses? I started to let everything go. I think I looked at certain things in my life and my past and where I've been. I looked at it just really quickly and I kind of just said, you know what? It doesn't matter anymore. It's time to move forward and let go of everything and mm. almost like forgive yourself of anything and everything, whatever's there. And I felt that message coming from them from the other side telling me it's time, clear the deck, clear it all out and just start to live. And I was getting that message so strongly. So I was looking at things differently. I started looking at my life. My profession was in the space of human resources for the past 22 years, but I had never felt fulfilled the entire time. Hmm. I was successful in the space, but I was always wondering I knew it wasn't my purpose. I knew it wasn't why I was here. So I started looking at that too and saying, okay, like I know this isn't right. So why am I still doing it? Outside of just everyone needs money. I realized these people don't have their life anymore that I love so much or on the other side. Why am I living a life that I'm like, ah, oh, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so that's how I looked at everything differently. Hmm. That's a huge step because you're talking 22 years of doing the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's easy. You're comfortable, right? I can easily say that to anyone, right? Mm -hmm. So in deciding to self-publish the book and then go this route where I'm just doing this right now, I'm, I'm an author mm -hmm. and that's the space I'm in, it's a huge difference in my life. What kind of advice would you give to someone who right now they're listening to this podcast and they are in whatever stage they decide to start with maybe anger or grief or whatever it is what would you say to them to help them bring them some comfort 
that they'll get through it. No matter how bad it may seem, you'll get through it. And I know it may be easy for me to say that, but I've been through some things, right? So Mm -hmm. even in my darkest moment, like I always tell everybody, some kind of light always got in. I allowed it in. So just keep going. Allow that little bit of light in, even if you may not want to let it in. Beautiful. So what advice would you give to the people that are kind of on the outside that are attempting to comfort this person? If you could give a little tiny mini training to people on how to comfort a grieving person from your own experience, what would you have liked to have heard from people? Just that the people are there for them, that they're loved and that they're there for them. And then I want to say, don't ask too many questions. I think that as humans, we want to know all the story of everything that's happened around all of it. And sometimes you just don't want to talk about it because you're going to be talking about it so much. That's big advice that I want to share with everybody. I get that people are going to be inquisitive, but someone's gone from someone's life. So the details of it really doesn't matter. I see that happen on Facebook all the time. People just start with all the questions and want every single thing. And yeah, you're right. I call it holding space. Just hold space for people. And holding space doesn't mean you're asking questions. It doesn't mean even you have to talk. Because a lot of times we don't know what to say. It just means that you are there letting them cry, maybe crying with them or whatever else. So I think that's really good advice of just holding space for people. Absolutely. I mentioned to a friend recently where I said I also offered my time to a friend who was grieving recently where I said, do you want to just take a walk? I said, we don't have to talk. I said, just silent walk Mm. with me. Just be there. So having that silence presence gave that person that comfort. If someone were to say, what's the one lesson you learned from this entire experience? What would you tell them? Really tell your loved ones how much you care about them. And I know that sounds cliche because everybody often says that, but I mean it. Like, hey, you know, I really love you. Not just the everyday, love you, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Really mean it because anything can happen. That was the biggest lesson for me, like to keep saying it to my loved ones, like so they know because things change in a second. And they know that I still love them from the other side, but it's important to do it in the now. I think people say that all the time because it's such a truth. Then we just get so busy in our day that we don't even think to enjoy that. And I've been very mindfully telling myself, I need to spend as much time with my parents as possible because they're not going to be here forever. And staying in that kind of mindfulness of, let's not hold it in. Let's go ahead and tell them what we think. Let's spend time with them. Let's enjoy their presence. Because I think culture is almost giving us this idea that death does not have to occur. And so, you know, we're so separated from it. Whereas in the past we weren't and we're fighting against it with all the makeups and all the creams and all the processes and surgeries that it's almost like it's in our subconscious that it's never going to happen to me, whereas it's going to happen to everyone. So remembering that and being mindful and telling people you love them, I think that that is just really beautiful and important. It's part of the cycle. That's a part of the cycle with all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I strongly feel like we go around, we come back, it's all circular. So if we believe that, obviously death's a part of it, right? We have to get back to the other side and then do some more work, whatever happens, who knows, right? And then come back again and see what happens. So it's accepting it. It's not an easy thing, but I think that once you get there and you're like, okay, this is part of it, your life will change. 
yeah, seeing it through physical eyes is really difficult. But when you are kind of switching between the spiritual eyes and the physical eyes, you understand it a little better because I believe that as well. And I'm a hypnotherapist. I do a lot of past life regressions and I have gotten way too many clients telling me way too many stories to not believe that we come back. <laughs> so I have a different kind of view than most people in South Carolina and areas, but I think that that gives a lot of comfort. I agree. And like I said, I when my mom was in the hospital and before she was passing to the other side, she literally said to me at one point, I want to just go. They're waiting for me. So she said to me mm-hmm. that her sister and her mother were waiting for her. She said, I see them. You know, I want to go. They're there. So I know that she saw something. I saw how she was looking at them. Yeah, that's beautiful too. I saw other people. I didn't know who they were. I saw the angels and other people. I had never met her father before, so I didn't know who the people were. But yeah, that's one of the things, even when I was in hospice and I was a hospice volunteer, we were taught that that's one of the things that happens to so many people is that they will begin to talk about or even see the people that they're going to meet. I believe that the soul's energy, and since I know that energy cannot be destroyed, I believe the soul lives on. So I want us to honor Roger's memory for a moment. So will you share us a little bit about him, what he was like, or maybe a beautiful memory? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a light that came into my life at the right time when I didn't think that I would find love again. So it was just a precious time to meet him. And we didn't have a long time together on on earth, but it meant so much. It was so impactful to me. Our love is still there. It's still strong, but he showed me how to love again. So it was meant to be. I know he was meant to come into my life for whatever period of time that he was in it. And your mother, I want to honor her as well for the part she's played in your journey. So I'm going to ask the listeners to just take a deep breath and release it. And let's just have a little moment of quiet for her memory. What is remembered lives. I truly believe that. Exactly. So Jennifer, where can we go to purchase your book, Mark My Love? It's on bookbaby.com. It's also on Amazon. And I'll put the links to that in the show notes. And can you tell us the story behind the name of your book? Basically, I went through love that I experienced in my life throughout the story. So I mark points of love in my life. And I was trying to tell the reader, mark love that you've had in your life, because it's important to acknowledge it, whether it's still here, whether it's in a different form, whether it's love lost, whatever kind of love that was there at any given point, cherish it because it was meant to be there for when it was. That reminds me of something that my family, I don't know where my mom and dad got this, but they always had this little statement but they still say it sometimes, but it's love it, mean it, mark it down. It kind of reminds me of that. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any final thoughts that you want to share with the listeners? Just to everybody to live their life through love. I think that it's important. And I think that self-love is most important with all of this. And, you know, I think I, I want to leave everybody with that. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story, Jennifer. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And as always, I'd love to hear what our listeners think about this episode's topics. If you go to our podcast website, you can comment on this very episode with your thoughts and questions. You can even click that little microphone and send me a voice message. I might just use it on a future episode. Take care and y'all be blessed.
Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.